Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land, that's Freedom For God, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. So, back by popular demand, Scott Bach, Executive Director of ANJRPC, as well as NRA board member and New Jersey resident, who finally scored his big win, team effort, obviously, but he was waiting for a win like this, and we're still, uh, we're still re- reeling because we can't believe that the governor and the attorney general bent the knee so fast, so we're kind of a little precarious with all of this but uh scott is back on because i want to talk about the seven bills that uh, the governor signed into law last week as well as uh the future of brune 15 round magazines evil features fid cards and anything else scott can share with us so without further ado scott hey can you hear me yes good sandy can you hear me to be back Scott, we're so glad you are here, and we want to let's start out talking first about the seven bills he signed into law because everybody's worried it's going to affect them and their carry permits. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, one of my guys was in the Passaic County Courthouse Friday, and the judge was issuing unrestricted carry permits in Passaic County. Wow. Okay? Wow. So it is, is true. That's... You can stop pinching yourself. Wow. <laughs> we never thought that day would ever come. No, no. So, Scott, let's talk about these All seven right. new laws. The first one requires training for people to receive an FID card, and we have to renew our FID card every 10 years. Talk to me. Well, before I get there, let me just ask you, Oh, okay. can I talk about the, me. the three bills that didn't go through, the ones we either defeated or neutered largely? Of, of course you can. Because, Let's enlighten because our listeners. I, all everybody's focused on is the seven bills that went through, which is obviously uh, it's a handful to deal with. But yes, there are three huge bills that uh, were either neutered or defeated completely. They didn't make it through, and I just I want to make sure people know that. First thing is the safe storage bill. That was the first one that kicked this all off, where it would basically ban the exercise of the Second Amendment in your home. Okay, you couldn't, you know, like when not, quote, in use, firearms had to be stored separate from the ammunition, everything locked, unloaded magazines, and it basically made it impossible to exercise self-defense. That bill did not pass the legislature. It was never delivered to the governor's desk, and that is a a huge win for gun owners. That, That bill was actually never even made it through um in the senate when the senate took a look at this they said we're not moving it so that's big um second bill defeated outright the age 21 you have to be 21 years old in order to own firearms in new jersey yep that one they just dropped it completely when they realized it would be a slam dunk loss for them under the second amendment i mean I don't need to spend a lot of time on this bill, but if you're old enough to vote, old enough to pay taxes, old enough to have binding legal contracts, you know, but old enough to go to war, but not old enough to own a firearm, give me a break. And then the Gulag bill, which was much talked about, it's one of the bills that moved through, but it's not one of the ones we're talking about because it was largely neutered. About 90% of the stuff that impacts law-abiding gun owners was removed from that bill okay so that's the bill that said while you're awaiting trial on trumped up possessory charges you get the gulags you're in jail so if it takes two years to go to trial you're in jail for two years while you're waiting to go to trial we still have to work on that other piece which is basically assault firearms if you charge with possession of assault firearms Okay, but everything else, and that's 90% of what was there, is gone. So people need to understand that, and that's, that didn't happen by accident. It's because gun owners really uh, 
went to town and did their job and um and they backed down on those bills okay so and, and now and you get, and darren and rob nixon and everybody else was in trenton working behind the scenes and in front of the scenes doing what they needed to do as well let's not let's not downplay all the work well, that everybody does across the board well that's true but i have to tell you the outrage on these three bills that that didn't you know go through on you know without significant changes or didn't go through at all you know we hammered gun owners collectively hammered legislators and they looked at themselves and they looked at our messaging and they said what the hell are we doing this for and they're you know the governor's like come on come on let's do it and the legislative leader said no this is just over over the top beyond the pale so um yes so now the seven that passed which order you want to take them in anthony you lead the way let's start i want to start with required training for people to receive an fid card uh, and renew our FID card every 10 years. Let's talk about that one. Okay, well, first of all, it didn't start out with a renewal of the FID card every 10 years. It started out with a renewal of the FID card every four years. We yep. tried very, very, very hard to get that eliminated completely. Um, their response was to make it every 10 years, which is significantly less bad than four years. It's still bad. But it's less bad, and that's anything that's less bad is a good thing. So, listen, um, this may be low-hanging fruit when we start to challenge gun laws under Bruin or continue challenging gun laws under Bruin. Uh, conditioning the exercise of a fundamental right to own, okay, even if you're not, even if you don't shoot it, even if you don't carry it, but mere ownership. Uh, conditioning the exercise of a fundamental right on getting training is clearly beyond the pale. You don't have to take a public speaking course before you exercise your First Amendment. And by the way, not everybody that buys guns uh, shoots them. Some of them buy them for collector's items. Some of them buy them for investment. So, listen, there are many grounds on which this can be attacked. It will be attacked. Gun owners can count on that. So... Okay. That's kind of the short. That's the short take on that one. And we don't know what the training is going to be yet, right? What do we have to wait for the AG and the state police to come out with directive? Yeah, yeah basi basically, okay. okay. It's it's all in their hands. And, and listen, in the end, I wouldn't be surprised if it's very similar to um, what's required to get a carry permit. But you never know. Maybe maybe we'll be surprised and they'll. You know, and they'll find that an NRA basic pistol course is sufficient, or a basic rifle course is sufficient. Well, that remains to be seen. Gotcha. So the next one, this one affects me as well. It's going to ban future sales of certain fifty caliber rifles. I have two of them at the range. Do I have to register them and pay fifty dollars? But they're not even set up for that yet. No, they're not set up for it yet, and it's it's unlike prior iterations of the fifty ban, which applied to all sorts of hunting guns and Civil War guns and American Revolutionary War guns. This ban affects firearms that are chambered in a single round, the 50 BMG. And uh, so it's the first time in over 20 years of them trying to pass this that they've limited it to a single round. So yes, it will ban the 50 BMG. No, it will not ban anything other than the 50 BMG. So. Um, it also makes it that also makes it very low hanging fruit. We're examining whether that is something we can sue on, and you know what order in which we're going to bring that. Like right now, the the big thing that's going on under Bruin is we're examining every possible legal challenge we can bring, including yes. some of these new laws, including laws that have been on the books for decades, including the whole law itself, and you know the, the basic structure of banning everything. And carving out tiny, absurd exemptions from it, but um, so there's a, we're looking at the 50 BMG ban to see if that's low-hanging fruit or you know where in the scheme of things that would come up. But yeah, it's listen. I personally take umbrage at the 50 BMG ban. I mean, it's an issue I've worked on for over 20 years. We've defeated it every other time it's come up. This is the first time they haven't attached. Uh, hunting guns and other 
commonly owned guns to it, which is why they were able to get it passed. They had to do that in order to get it passed. But I predict the law in its in the long run is not going to survive. And but listen, the thing is, all hardware bans are a joke. They don't accomplish anything because the only people who follow hardware bans are law-abiding citizens. Criminals ignore it. So, you know, the notion that that banning 50 BMGs makes anybody safer is absurd. I mean, these guns are like three, four feet long. They weigh 30, 40 pounds. They're over $10,000 a piece. They're not your typical street gun, right? Okay, and so the notion that banning hardware makes anybody safer is just absurd on its face, and we have to move lawmakers away from that. Okay, a lot of hardware bans are going to fall under Bruin, and uh, hopefully, you know, if they don't come to this decision on their own, it's going to be forced on them. Hardware bans make headlines. They make politicians feel good for the moment. Do they make anybody safer? No. Criminals do whatever the hell they want, and law-abiding citizens are, are, are left contorting themselves to fit into whatever square, square round hole they have for a square peg that they've created. So now I'm going to have to register the two we have here at the range and pay a $50 fee. Right. And That's what there's it comes a, down to. And there's an issue with what you can do with that. You know, when the day comes, you want to get rid of them, sell them or whatever. It's, it's, not, it's not so clear. Okay. You can't just gotcha. sell them. So you, you may be stuck with them. You may have to sell them out of state. Um, but, you know, you're also putting a target on your back when you register them. Now, of course, mm-hmm. you own these evil, powerful rifles, okay? So, you know, that may single you out for special scrutiny. Yeah, like I'm not singled out for special scrutiny now <laughs> anyway. Uh, while, right. while we're talking about that, the next law is amend the state's public nuisance laws to prohibit the gun industry from endangering the safety of health of the public through its sale, manufacturing, importing, and marketing of guns. This is a bad one. This is a bad one, right, Scott? It's, yeah. I mean, I call it the industry killer bill. It's designed to give the Attorney General of New Jersey tools to harass gun makers uh, uh, nationwide to subject them to the jurisdiction of New Jersey Attorney General and New Jersey courts, not because they've manufactured a defective product, not because they've manufactured an illegal product, but because their product is misused by third parties, which, listen, in, in the land of lawyers and legalese, you, you can't hold somebody liable or accountable for actions they didn't cause. You know, it's it's a fundamental principle in America of U.S. law, even in New Jersey, that if somebody makes a lawful product and it hasn't malfunctioned, you can't hold them responsible for the consequences of someone's misuse of that. It's the same it's the same equivalent as saying holding a car manufacturer liable for the acts of a drunk driver. And so, there's a federal law, PLACA, you know, you know, passed many years ago to try to prevent industry lawsuits when they first started using normal lawsuits to try to just harass and lawsuit the industry to death. Even if they lost the lawsuits, it didn't matter. Make them spend hundreds of millions of dollars on legal defense and bankrupt them. So this federal law was passed preventing that from occurring, and this new law here is an attempt to do an end run around that federal law under a completely novel legal theory arising from something called public nuisance that somehow because um, a gun maker manufactures a legal functioning product that that is misused by others they're somehow responsible because it's a public nuisance but even worse than that new jersey's iteration of the industry bill is is the worst in the nation because it goes well beyond just industry members if if you look carefully at the text of the bill it all Societies, including non nonprofits, okay, to the same overreaching tools of the New Jersey Attorney General, if there is a, a connection between industry and advertising. So, for example, ANJRPC has a member magazine. 
if we take an ad, not even for a firearm company, but for example, an accessory company like a holster manufacturer, under this new law, ANJRPC theoretically could be subject to the same harassment tools of the New Jersey Attorney General. Of course, he doesn't talk about that. He only talks about the quote-unquote evil manufacturers, but when you read the fight fine print, this is a recipe, it's a roadmap to um, misuse of government power, to tyranny. It's unbelievable. And it goes right in the face of the federal guidelines, federal law, correct? Yes, it, it, it does, in my opinion. Listen, different legal minds have different opinions about it. This, this like, tries to exploit um, potentially something that's not covered by PLACA, by the federal law. Okay, and to create a brand new, in, in law, this creates what's called a new cause of action, a new way to sue somebody without having to prove that they did anything wrong. So there's going to be a lot of litigation on this. You can expect to see it from the firearms industry itself, and you can expect to see from ANJRPC and other organizations like it, us weighing in on the parts that are overreaching way past the normal industry targets. I'm ready to sue. Just let me know where to sign. Yeah, first send a donation to ANJRPC or your favorite gun rights organization because this stuff's going to be expensive. i got to think about which one's my favorite, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. In the meanwhile, what's so, your bank account number? <laughs> we I'll can just arrange wire direct it over. deposit. Yeah, that's no problem. The next one is to require gun owners who move to New Jersey to obtain an FID card and register their firearms within 60 days. We've never had this before. All this is going to do is jam people up, right, Scott, that don't know yeah, about it, the registration, right? Well, it's going it's to do more. Yes, it's going to jam people up. I call this the um, double standard bill because it requires new residents moving in with lawfully acquired firearms, lawfully acquired outside the state, to register and do things that are not required of existing residents. So, for example, existing residents don't have to register their long guns. They have an FID card, they're registered purchasers, but they don't have to register every, every long gun. Well, if you're moving into Jersey, this new law will treat you differently from existing residents, which not only is that stupid and make no sense, but it's also you know, the seeds of the law's eventual destruction and turnover is is built into that because you can't treat similarly situated individuals by different standards under the law. You've got to treat them equally. Sure. So, yeah, and by the way, who's going to be made safer by this? Okay, registration... Nobody. Yeah, all, all this is saying is... And, and by the way, there's a, a very good argument that long gun registration is prohibited by federal law and by federal case law. So th there's a lot of grounds for legal challenge on this. It's an overreach. It's Listen, the number of people it's going to affect, it's far different than affecting a million or a million and a half existing New Jersey gun owners, but it's just stupid. It's one of these laws that politicians love to crow about, but in reality... All it's going to do is is impose burdens on people who've done nothing wrong. I mean, the, the focus is just so exclusively on over-regulating people who are not the problem. You know, thumping your chest and declaring victory and making a headline for the minute and then moving on, you know, you know to the next stupid bill that does nothing to make anybody you know, safer. I, I was shocked that the attorney general caved so fast with the carry i would be shocked someday if our lawmakers ever passed a law that targeted real criminals i would be just as shocked yeah, exactly yeah well all i can say is if things go well under bruin that's all they're gonna have okay oh i like that i like that and the other thing, and I think we talked about this before, is people should be under no mistaken assumption that what happened with the New Jersey Attorney General capitulating on issuing carry permits, you know, that, that was not an accident. We worked nope. very hard and, and carefully behind the scenes for many months in advance to nudge things in that direction without being overbearing, which, you know, there, there are 
forces in Trenton that the minute they hear we want to do something, they automatically do the opposite reflexively, no matter what. So, you know, we have to be very careful how we advocate, but I have to say through Attorney Dan Schmutter and his communications with various branches of government over various lawsuits, you know, we help them see the light on this um, way ahead of the curve. And that may, I attribute that partially, if not solely, to why we didn't have the same explosion of tempers in New Jersey that we had in New York State you know, with this childish yep. temper tantrum. Uh, and actually, they did something adult for a change and said, okay, we're going to issue permits. We're going to eventually come around and try to influence where you can exercise that permit. We're going to come at it from that way, mm -hmm. but we're not going to bar you from getting a permit. So that did not happen by itself. And kudos to Dan Schmutter for being, you know, an, an agent of helping to make that happen. Oh, my God. We're, we're so... We're so lucky to have uh, you and Dan and, and, and Evan and everybody else. And, and you, NRA, and you, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thank you. I'm the voice here. I'm the, I'm the, the, big, the big voice, so it's you good. Think you feel, it's listen, good. you're every bit as much of the team as anybody else. You're a, a leader, a Second Amendment leader in New Jersey, and you help make this happen, too. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. The next one retail micro stamping again it's funny all my customers come in they're like what the hell is micro stamping and i'm like <laughs> yeah you're supposed to have a, a digital signature on the tip 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 of your firing pin which leaves an impression onto the primer or the case of the bullet so we can track it back to the person this doesn't even exist so now we have a law it was just like smart guns we have to wait until the technology's there and then we're going to have everybody's going to have it am i correct well yes they they actually wised up on micro stamping the the typical <laughs> failed micro stamping bill of 15 years ago is a straight out ban on anything except micro you know firearms that contain this technology of course, that won't pass muster because that's a gun ban because the technology doesn't exist and nobody's interested in it because it's stupid. It's easily defeated. I mean, just think about this for a second. You're a criminal, okay? First of all, are you going to obtain a, a, a micro-stamped gun in your, in your firearm or your weapon of choice? You're going to buy your legal micro-stamped weapon? Okay, you're going to ignore that. But should you happen to acquire a micro-stamped weapon... All you need is a, uh, you can change out the part, you can take a file to it, you can file off the, the information, and even if you don't and you're a criminal, what if you're using a revolver and you don't eject your rounds on right. the scene of your crime? How about this one? Let's say you're using a semi-auto. You pick up your rounds, you're expending, pick up your brass before you leave so you can reload it. Come on, this is like the dumbest idea which is just a gun ban in disguise and so they know that in jersey and so this iteration is different than any other iteration they took what they did with smart guns after 20 years and they just use that as a model for micro stamping and basically what the micro stamping law says once the attorney general the arbiter of all truth determines that micro stamping is a viable existent technology then every dealer has to carry at least one that's exactly the model they used on smart guns and uh it's it's so it's actually micro stamping light okay it's not ripe at this point for challenge because there's no ban there's no there's no ban there's just something that says it's trying to encourage the development of the technology and then once it's developed mandate a market for it of one again among dealers the the part that will be overturned that won't pass muster is the second part which is passed after they gin up a phony market for it, then they mandate micro-stamping, which is, you know, for all guns, and then everything that's not micro-stamped is banned, which is a gun ban, and it won't survive Bruin. So we've got an interesting thing. This one is not low-hanging fruit for litigation, but it's interesting that they recognize that in advance and just adopted the, the um, uh, smart gun model and just use that. So it's like, when will these guys wake up and realize the more they try to micromanage these markets, the, the more they signal to gun owners, stay away from this technology. There are actually 
shooting themselves in the foot. If they really want to see what's viable market-wise, they should be hands-off and get the hell out of the way. In the mind of the bureaucrat, that doesn't so play, Scott, right? have um, ensured that, that micro-stamping actually won't be developed. Good. Now, Scott, what about this one? Requires ammunition manufacturers and dealers to keep a detailed electronic record of sales and report them to the state police. I already have to record handgun ammo, so what, what, what's the change now? Well, the change is you have to do it digitally, and you have to report <laughs> it to the state police. You have to do their work for them. You are their slave, Anthony. You must gotcha. collect this information, you must digitize it, and you must submit it to them. There's another part of, of the bill that also requires you to submit digitized information on long gun purchases. That's ripe for challenge because it, it's a de Good. facto long gun registry. And um, the, it, it, at least one iteration of the bill within the last two weeks, okay, provided that you have to do the same thing with handguns, although there is a form of register of handguns it's a paper form, okay? The, the police are too lazy and the attorney general is too lazy to do their job, so now they want to make dealers, force dealers to become spies for the state and submit digital information to a state database. Now, you know, the thing about the ammunition bill and, you know, registering ammunition is, okay, get this, it only applies to purchases from dealers, so if you have unlawful purchasers from non-dealers, there's no registration requirement. There's no submission requirement. It targets the wrong people. You know, I mean, these people have their heads up there proverbial while well, you can fill in the blank. Okay. Arse. Uh, listen, how do you impact crime and public safety by regulating people who are already being scrutinized, who are already following the laws, who already need to submit their driver's license and their FID card to buy handgun ammunition. You know, the other thing is there are thresholds. I think the final iteration, I think, is 2,000 rounds where you're, if you buy more than 2,000 rounds at a time, you're singled out for special scrutiny by the state police. Like, I guess they've never heard of competitors. You know, so people I, who I we are going to be running specials. 19, nineteen hundred and ninety-nine round cases, specials. I'm already planning it and setting it up. Right, so, and it's, it's and yep. the sale price will obviously end with ninety-nine cents too. Right, right? <laughs> of course, nineteen ninety-nine. So listen, it's um, this one is ripe for for uh, challenge for uh, numerous grounds. It's overreaching and again once again it doesn't make anybody safer it just targets the people who are already following the law that's it by its own terms somebody buying a million rounds illegally in new jersey has no registration requirement okay the person selling it has no requirement to submit it and the person buying it doesn't have to submit their their uh, FID card or their driver's license. But if fact, I walk into Walmart and buy four bricks at 22, you got to submit it. If you buy t uh, 20 rounds of 22, okay, it's 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 got to be collected and submitted digitally because you're, because Crazy. Sandy, you you are potentially an evil person no, because you're buying more than one round <laughs> at a time. After all, who needs more than one round? Exactly right. If it can't be done, if it can't be done with one round, it can't be done, <laughs> right? right? We've all heard that before. You know, Scott, I've never seen you so jovial. This Bruin win, it 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 really it it really makes you. I'm telling you right now. I'm I'm still uh, I, giddy. I like, I like this. I'm still breaking big <laughs> breaking free of Stockholm syndrome, though. It's like I know. It's like I know. We we just had a conference call among lawyers today, like looking at various existing and new laws and trying to prioritize them it's like a, we're like a kid in a candy store there's so much stuff that's suddenly available you know for decades we've been picking our targets carefully and agonizing over every little decision and suddenly we've got a blast furnace of ideas coming at us and it's um you know it's overwhelming right now and and uh you know we want to do it all let me, let me just say a serious note to people listening we do have to be careful in the post-Bruin age. 
the lower courts are, we can probably expect that they're going to try to invent end runs around Bruin. So we have to be disciplined about what we bring and when. And there are tiers of T-I-E-R-S, tiers of um, the lowness of hanging fruit. You know, like we may not want to bring everything all at once. We may want to like bring one, see what shakes out. You know, for example, well, uh, let me not give any examples that could be used against us. But yeah. we, I'm, I'm sure we'll get Good. into this, you know, later. But um, all right, which bill? Which what's the next bill you want to talk the about? The last, the last but not least, uh, ghost guns. Increased penalties in the state relating to the manufacturing of ghost guns. Those are untraceable firearms that can be bought online and assembled at home. And Scott, before okay. you answer That's that, I'll give you a chance to ponder yeah. that. Uh, Anthony, can we take a little housekeeping break right now? Okay. Do you want me to yep, talk about the advertising? Absolutely. Okay. Marty's V-Burger. Marty's V-Burger.com. 20% off if you mention Gun for Hire or Gun for Hire Radio. You can go in the city or you can order it online at Marty's V-Burger.com and pick it up at Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park on Freakin' Fridays. Him and his lovely wife, Carol, were here last week. So good to see them here. They're uh, focused on New York right now, just like everybody else. If you live in New Jersey, you should have U.S. Law Shield. U.S. Law Shield is not insurance, but you will need it if you have a carry permit, own a gun, or a weapon. Use gun for hire, one word, for a 10% discount. That's monthly, by the way. The book you should have if you just got your firearm is Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino. Available on Amazon as well as here at the Gun for Hire Pro Shop. The Gun Lawyer Podcast by Evan Knappen, exposing the truth about the laws designed to strip you of your freedoms. Check him out. Uh, By the way, Gun For Hire Radio was not on Spotify this week. Spotify is free for us to upload. It looks like they don't like gun stuff anymore, so we're searching other avenues, by the way. Don't forget the Quarantine Crawl, quarantinecrawl.com, over 352A businesses, products, and services. My doctor, Dr. Joe Sampatero, Scott, Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Concierge Medicine. Text and phone call away for a nominal monthly fee. No waiting in offices. He'll never have more than 250 patients. Sandy's used him already, too. He's phenomenal. Uh, Let's see. Don't forget the gun store is open now, 2,200 square feet. I've been getting so many compliments that our member and non-member pricing is so competitive on ammo, accessories, and guns, Sandy. Right what I wanted to do. I wanted everything in my own hemisphere here. I wanted everything under one roof where people can come and shoot and train and buy and order everything they need and not get ripped off and, of course, have that six-star service. If you're in the Piscataway, Scotch Plains area, excuse me, Zen Float Center, ask for Sharon Decker. If you're down in South Carolina, Crossroads Kitchen with a K, Crossroads Kitchen. Sandy's there every day, that fat bastard. Also, he's there every other day. He's at Just Sean's, J-U-S-T, S-H-O-N-S, JustSean's.com. He's there every other day eating deep-fried Snickers bars and shit like that. Uh, And then, of course, our last sponsor is Mortgage Unlimited. MortgageUnlimited.com. Ask for George T. George T. at MortgageUnlimited.com. Support those who support you. Scott, we are back. Let's talk about the uh, scary ghost guns. Yeah. Boo. Scary boo. Listen, first of all, every time I think about the term that has been used to demonize these firearms is just ghost guns. It's just ridiculous terminology. <laughs> I find it. I personally find the terminology funny. Okay, I don't. I don't think that anybody is scared by the notion that that a firearm is or associates them with the ghosts, guns with ghosts. But it's just, it's it's just silly. Okay, so listen. Let's first of all, ghost guns. Okay, unserialized guns were already illegal in New Jersey. They just made them more illegal. They bumped, okay, they, <laughs> now, instead of going to jail for three years, now you can go to jail for 10 years. It's, listen, th- there's nothing worse to a, someone who really doesn't understand this, you know, public policy issues than having hardware that is unregulated and the government doesn't know about. Now, the first thing, 
there are classes, tens of thousands of guns that were legally sold in New Jersey in the 1960s as kit guns. Hmm. You buy these parts, you assemble it yourself. They don't have serial numbers. Technically, they apply to this bump bump in penalty. And, you know, so you could have people that, that manufactured their own firearms without a serial number and still have them or inherited them. And now they're looking at 10 years in jail, uh, you know, because it doesn't have a serial number. So we pointed this out. They didn't care because, you know, ghosts are scary, I guess. Okay. Hmm. Um, Listen, what they really should be scared about, listen, there's an easy solution to, to this issue. Like the right policy decision for someone who's skeptical on guns is to say, okay, you want to, you know, you want to make your own firearms and you're a law-abiding gun owner, you have your FID card, you've been certified, go right ahead, okay? You, you let that FID card be your permission slip. Not, the, the object is the evil thing, everyone has to have a serial number, we have to know the number of everyone, we have to know where it is at all times because it's this this mysterious evil object that can, you know, do serious damage at any time. I mean, it's the it's the owner that matters. And, you know, until these guys get it, it's going to be, the, the focus is on hardware. They're obsessed insanely with hardware, and hardware regulation doesn't make anybody safer for the Not reasons already stated. Nobody, the only people who pay attention to these laws are the law-abiding citizens. The criminals don't care. They ignore these bans, and they don't care about the the criminal penalty, you know, for a, a quote-unquote ghost gun. And somebody who Correct. manufactured, made something when they were a kid and still has it now should be exempted. And they purposely just refused, you know, to acknowledge any circumstance in which somebody should get a pass. That's the low-hanging fruit of that advocacy argument when this bill was still before the legislature was like, look, Okay, ghost guns are already illegal here, but now you've made it so you go to jail for up to 10 years. Maybe you can cut some slack to people who are not engaged in criminal misconduct and made this thing when they were a kid. Nope. Mm -hmm. Not in the Garden State. Nope. So, uh, Scott, uh, before we get into everything else, I got an email from uh, Dominuch. just going to call him Nooch. And he wrote, Anthony, I've been thinking a lot about your last radio show. Scott Bach made an interesting point about personally suing lawmakers who infringe on our constitutional rights. It is not acceptable that they can just keep relentlessly throwing unconstitutional laws on the books that we must spend years and millions of dollars fighting, only for them to do it again in a slightly different version. He wrote, they continue to do this because there is no accountability. It's like constantly speeding on the highway, and the only consequence when caught is a warning. Why shouldn't they keep speeding? He goes, here's some tools, and he talks about Title C-18, conspiracy against rights, and Title 18, Section 242, deprivation of rights under color of law, Scott. I'm going to forward this to you. I want you to look at it and tell me what you think, if any of this could be applied. I would love to start tar and feathering again, you know? Well, we're looking at that, and Dan Schmutter and I have a running argument on this. And, and ah. let, me just, let me just comment briefly. There is a distinction between legislators who have written themselves special protections that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that are very difficult to overcome. There's a difference to, between that and judges who have potential vulnerability if they, like, knowingly, you know, judges are now going to be tasked on tasked on carry permit applications and the Bruin case is pretty darn clear you know that you know judges don't have the same protections that legislators do so that's the low-hanging fruit there um, you know Dan can speak for himself on this issue but it's going to be a lot harder to sue uh, to overcome something called sovereign immunity okay which uh, you can sue the government okay and this is now I'm channeling Dan Schmutter you can sue the government for misdeeds of its its um, legislators, but you can't sue the legislators personally. That's a very difficult burden to overcome. I personally think we should be able to overcome that, um, and Dan mm-hmm. and I have a, a running argument on that. But uh, there is absolutely federal civil civil rights claims 
uh, alluded to by um, by the person whose message you just read, uh, that are definitely that we're looking at them with the possibility of keeping them in play. Beautiful. So, so now let's talk post Bruin. Uh, we know we have these cases going right now. We have the the five two a family case on getting rid of the FID card. We have the evil features, assault weapons uh, overturning, and fifteen round. Enlighten enlighten our listeners on those three on whatever you can share with us and anything else you may have to offer. Sure. Okay. So there's a lot that's coming in the wake of Bruin. Okay, and most of it is going to have to be brought as new cases. But there is a special category of laws right now that the U.S. Supreme Court, as part of the whole constellation of what it did in relation to Bruin, have flagged out for, or flagged for special attention. Okay? And in New Jersey, the one that's the lowest hanging fruit is the mag ban. Okay? ANJRPC brought a mag ban challenge in 2018. It went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Supreme Court held the case pending the outcome of Bruin, and right after it issued the Bruin ruling, we talked about this. It did what's called a GVR to our Magban case, which means it granted, it agreed to hear it, it vacated the lower court's decision, and it sent it back to the lower court, basically saying, do this over, but now apply the new rules we set forth in Bruin. So, so what you did before is out the window. Now re-decide it, reanalyze it under Bruin. And so in New Jersey, we had this mag ban pending, so that's automatically teed back up before the lower courts. They did the same thing on an assault weapons case or assault weapons law challenge in Maryland, which means they viewed that with the same suspicion they do they did our mag ban. So that posed us, that, that did a couple of things. It, it signaled that the Supreme Court thinks these things may be suspect and they think the Bruin ruling may affect the outcome of such a challenge. So we could sit around and wait for a decision in Maryland and then decide what to do, or we could try to bring ourselves into the same posture as Maryland as quickly as possible by bringing a brand new separate uh, magban challenge. And I'm sorry, assault firearms challenge. Assault and, firearm. that's exa- and that's exactly what we did. So right now there are these two lawsuits that are teed up uh, one is ripe and ready, and that's the MAGBAN, and the other is starting fresh, but it's, it's in a special category because the U.S. Supreme Court flagged these two issues as highly suspect. So the first tier of low-hanging fruit is already in play. Okay, so um, the MAGBAN case is very likely to proceed more quickly than the assault firearms case because that automatically went back to the lower courts. And right now, it's a question of whether the Third Circuit, the middle-level federal appeals court, is going to take jurisdiction of that or kick it down to the district court. In fact, they've asked us for briefing on what we think needs to happen. So we're going to see mm. some pretty, pretty quick action on the bag ban the assault firearms is going to move a little more slowly, but it's a brand new game on assault firearms. And the New Jersey's 1990 assault firearms law is potentially up for grabs. So, um, you know, the, the Maryland case, assault firearms case, which went was GVR'd by the Supreme Court, will probably proceed a little faster than our case, and it may even create new law that become cited in our case but it's a very exciting time because not only did we have the you know right to carry issue resolved but we had some major issues set up as low-hanging fruit and and now the rest is up to us and that's the process we're engaged in now is literally going through dozens of potential laws we could challenge and figuring out what to challenge when to challenge which has the best you know uh which has the best chance, you know, whether, whether timing should wait, you know, whether we should see a little bit how the lower courts, you know, if they try to do an end run around Bruin, because, you know, is the U.S. Supreme Court willing to take follow-up cases or is it going to be another 15 years? So 
we may want to. You know, we, this is all in play right now. The, these are the issues mm -hmm. we're square, we're squarely facing, and you know, personally, I'm like, I want to bring as much as we can, as quickly as we can. And I can tell you, today and JRPC, we've been planning and budgeting for this since since I came on the scene over 20 years ago. It's like, when, you know, the first thing I did, one of the first things I did, you know, when I got in a leadership position with ANJRPC is we started setting aside a portion of every dollar we take in for someday. And someday is here and someday is now. And, you know, we're going to need, we're going to need additional help from gun owners. But, you know, we're in a strong position right now. We can bring pretty much whatever we want. And now the question is we don't want to, get over anxious and blow ourselves up or make a blunder so you know right now we've got two huge issues that are teed up and and likely to move much more quickly than other issues have we're looking at other low-hanging fruit things you know then there's a timing issue too um, for example if we challenge some sweeping aspect of New Jersey gun law while the antis are still in control of the governor's office and both houses of the legislature, they'll just write something new that's crazy. Like, we have to time it in a tactical way with a thought about, okay, well, when might we have a decision on this? And if the decision goes our way and the crazies are still in charge, what are they likely to do? Do we want to, you know, try to time it so that we get an eventual decision when there's a possibility of a different makeup of government, a different you know party in control of one branch of government so yeah that's there's a there's a lot of this is that you know a complicated calculus now uh what about the uh the fid card that's with us and fpc and cnjfo it's like five what's going on with that case scott you know i'm going to tell you i'm going to defer to dan schmutter on that one i can tell okay. you obviously obviously that case has new life breathed into it there's stuff in Bruin that's helpful to that case there's stuff in Bruin that's potentially harmful to it such as um, Justice Thomas saying that you know permitting is okay as long as it's not used to delay or deny Second Amendment rights so you know we're gonna have to see how that one plays out okay uh, you know we're proud to be a part of it and we're gonna pursue it but there's all kinds of issues, Anthony. There's, there's the structure of New Jersey law generally, which is ban everything and have li limited exceptions to it. You know, we're looking at could we knock out some legs from, you know, holding up the table of New Jersey gun law. There's all kinds of things we're looking at, including one-off issues. I can tell you, the, you know, one of the potentially ripest legal issues is the 50 caliber ban. It's a straight-up hardware ban. You know, there are different nuances to it, but... You know, we have to look at, okay, do we want to, you know, put $100,000 into a lawsuit over that issue, or do we have something that's going to affect a million people, you know, that we can, that's lower hanging fruit. So it's all, it's all on the table right now. We are working literally around the clock trying to figure out, and also not, we don't, if the lower courts figure out some kind of angle to try to do an end run around Bruin. I'm not sure we want 20 cases in the pipeline before we know if the Supreme Court's gonna say, hey, wait a minute, we meant what we said, or is gonna wait 15 years. We, you know, you could actually uh -huh. do damage if you do that. So we gotcha. have a, a lot of, listen, we're gonna swing for the fences, but we're gonna do it in a disciplined way and a careful way. And we're not gonna, we're gonna do our best to avoid obvious mistakes and you know it's folks need to understand the whole structure is not going to come down overnight it is going to come down and we are in an, a new era it's a you know Bruin marks it's a new day completely new day for gun owners and it's it's a beautiful thing I mean the, the guys on the other side the antis are apoplectic they don't know what to do they're <laughs> freaking out it's about time they had a taste of what it feels mm. like you know, to have their hat handed to them and, you know, at a court of final resort. So, you know, I mean, that, I, I mean, just on a personal level, you know, these guys have not faced this in New Jersey, okay? They've been dealing with a corrupted um, court system and a, a corrupted 
judiciary and a corrupted legislature and everyone's singing from the same sheet of music and now somebody has said you know you're out you're off key and you better straighten up and fly right sorry to mix my metaphors here but um you know it's they're not used to that they're shocked and they're stunned and they've they've got more to deal with than they ever thought they would so uh, it's, it's a wonderful feeling and uh, i'm glad that we're we have all you guys we're in good hands and uh, you know, so many the two way organizations are all energized again. People don't feel beat down anymore. We're not cowering. Uh, you know, obviously Murphy did that, and Murphy's got about two and a half more years to go. So I'm sure gun control 4.0 is right around the corner as well. And I'm sure he's going to be trying to put roadblocks up with, like you said, with the carry, where the entire state is restricted except for two square miles in the middle of the pine lands. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what four, that's what <laughs> that's what 4.0 is is going to be. Yes, I, be, I believe that's yes. the next the next shooter drop and. It's interesting, you know, that Murphy took a backseat to New York and let them, like, try to blaze the trail on this. So the longer they take in New Jersey, the further along the challenges in New York State are going to be along. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that's going to shake out because Murphy clearly is going to try to do the same thing New York State is doing, which is, like you said, everywhere but a, you know, a couple of square feet in the pine lands. Um, and that, that clearly is not, is not going to fly. But, yeah, that, that's their approach. No. That's what 4.0 is going to be. It's going to be the, the hill they die on or they, you know, that, that, that they try to die, you know, that they try to do. And they're going to do their typical thing, which is they're going to overreach, they're going to be undisciplined, and they're going to have their ass handed to them because they, they don't know how to be restrained. They're used to getting their way. They're like... You know, spoiled children who've had you know free run, and they're the you know the yeah. lunatics have been running the asylum, and now they have some discipline, and they are still you know banging pots and pans and yelling and screaming. So they will overreach most likely, and you know be their own worst enemies and ensure their demise. Like the, you, know you know what uh, you, you know what I really regret. That Loretta Weinberg wasn't the state senator know, right, when yeah, the exactly. concealed carry passed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish she was uh, still the you know the the most senior state senator when uh, concealed carry got we passed. We just well, passed the bills, but really, the court sorted just, out. Yeah. Just keep in mind, yeah. as the creator and spearheader of the fifty caliber ban, she would have had the joy of seeing fifty cal pass. So it's a double it's a double edged sword, yeah. you know. It's you know, I mean that's been a twenty year twenty year issue. We've defeated it every time it's come up until now. That's but you're right, of they all got those smart this drive by uh, you know, fifty cal shootings at the seven eleven. Yeah. 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 But but you know what it is, Sandy, they finally listed it by BMG only. Yeah. Not muzzle loaders, not of like fifty Beowulf or anything like that. Yeah. That's that's how they managed to wrangle it through now. So it only took them twenty that, years to figure that out. <laughs> but even think about yeah. this. When the issue first came up in 2002, we, we put together a list of like 100 common hunting guns and Civil War rifles and <laughs> Revolutionary War <laughs> rifles that would have been banned. You would think they would have said, oh, let's just, let's just focus on this one supposedly evil round. It took them 20 years and like five tries to get to that point. Okay, and I, I wonder if, it's, if it wasn't Loretta, Loretta's departure from the legislature that that freed them up she probably was trying to grab too much and ensured its failure up until now so it's you know it's be careful what you ask for anthony you know you're, but you're probably right you're probably right but uh uh you know i know Mur murphy well the, uh, murphy right now is in his villa in italy vacationing right. with his armed state police security detail who gets to carry in italy out there you know, even though he doesn't want us to have uh, any carry permits or anything, but uh, they're sunning the, the, uh, the security sunning themselves on his villa. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. perhaps, or perhaps yeah. they're flossing his teeth. They tooth flossing his tooth. <laughs> his tooth. Um, what else you got, rope. Scott? Give us, give us. You got anything else? Yeah, there's there's always a lot going on in Jersey. Uh, listen, I can just tell you, it's all hands on deck. We're in a new era. We're still scrambling to catch up to it and 
not overplay our hand. We don't want to like do damage. You know, it's like the, the Hippocratic Oath: first do no harm. So you know we're we're just being very disciplined at the same time that we're being aggressive and. It's just a moment to celebrate. I, you know, I know Anthony. Everybody's going crazy with concealed carry classes. You know, to apply for permits. I know there's uh, maybe it's been resolved by now. I know there's there may be different people who have different opinions about what the course of fire is and what's required by the state. You know, everyone's scrambling on that. I will, I will tell you today, NJRPC, we're sorting that out and we're going to wait until it's sorted out before we do. Any kind of tra- we will be doing training at Cherry Ridge through AMJRPC yep. yep. and and you know in partnership with you Anthony and um, but you know we we want to wait until all that shakes out and uh, listen the governor's on vacation that means you know we're safe this week from yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know from from new stuff I think the governor I think has taken a backseat to New York State on uh, on his fist-shaking, his future fist-shaking episode at, at Cary, and I think that's a good thing. And I think that's the result of some very skillful handiwork by Dan Schmutter and others ahead of time, so they had a chance to pre-digest it, let the yelling and screaming happen in New York, and then let's try to be as mature and adult as we can in Jersey as things you know. un- unfold. You know how backwards we are. Uh, I don't know. Did anybody see the uh, self-defense, the bodega worker worker in New York? Sandy, did you see that? I did not, no. 60-year-old 60, 60 man, roughly 60-year-old Dominican descent works from uh, 12 o'clock in the afternoon till 6 in the morning in a bodega. Oof. 12 in the afternoon till 6 in the morning. And he was behind a counter, and a woman came in, and she tried to buy potato chips at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night with her EBT card. And there was no money left on the EBT card, so he wouldn't give her the chips. And her boyfriend, who was a gangbanger, arrested eight times, came and stormed around the counter, behind the counter, and starts beating this older Dominican shop worker up. And he grabs on the shelf, he grabs like a chef's knife, and he stabs the gangbagger who was attacking him and lo and behold hit uh, an artery and the guy bled out and died and uh, Alvin Bragg the district attorney in New York locked the shopkeeper up in Rikers Island with $250,000 bail and charged him with murder. Are you serious? No, 100% serious. Oh my god. You know, the dark places This is where we are. The dark places are just getting darker. It's, yes. You know, I was talking yes. to a friend of mine who lives in, um, out in, in California, right? And San Francisco used to be such a beautiful place. And there was a, a neighbor who was, a, who was fined $1,500 for parking their car in their own driveway. <laughs> I read that. I read that. And, and here you have a place where it's perfectly legal to defecate on the street. To shoot up heroin on the street, to walk into a CVS and rob $999 worth of items at one shot, but God forbid you park your own car in your driveway. And, and here's the neighbor who turns him in. Think about, the, think about the people now inhabiting that city. It is just, Scott's absolutely right. The dark places are just getting darker. Which, which leads me to this. Ladies and gentlemen, most of you listening to this show are gun people. New Jersey is by and far hoplophobic, except for us in our gun community. It's a very big responsibility. You know, our training class, we're going out to 25 yards, Sandy. All PTC guideline courses go out to 25 yards, Police Training Commission. Yeah. There's places that are only going out to 15 yards. I, I don't know if that's a substantially equivalent course of fire but i want to have the higher equivalent course of fire that is substantially equivalent to what police and retired police and security officers have been doing a gun for hire for 29 years okay right, right. but you, all of you out there listening this is a big responsibility 
people are going to be gun phobic. They're going to see your gun or print, yep. and they're not going to yep. handle it well. This is not Wyoming or Texas. It's going to take a while to acclimate. And also, three very important words to all of you out there. Train, train, train. We do not need accidental discharges in your car. We don't need somebody accidentally shooting themselves. We don't need someone accidentally getting shot. We don't need someone not identifying as a concealed carry holder and getting shot by a police officer. The media will have a field day, and it will affect and hurt all of us. You've all just been given a big responsibility. While everybody is on social media stressing out how to fill the application, how to get the passport photos, how to get the notary, whatever. While they're doing that, you should really be thinking about this. Choosing your firearms wisely. Training with those firearms. Don't, you know, I, tonight we have a full class, 20 people taking holster draw. We're running uh, two lines in the big range, but you know, learn, read the laws, learn the laws, make yeah. sure you know how to competently handle that gun. Make sure you know the use of force guidelines in New Jersey. We give them out to all of our students that take the concealed carry course here. This is a huge undertaking. Make sure you have U.S. Law Shield. Uh, that's like having Evan Knappen in your pocket in the state of New Jersey. I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, please heed my advice. While you're out there going looking in my gun store, which gun you should buy, just think about what the training you should yeah, have with absolutely. that firearm. Masada Ayub's in, in the gra Gravest Extreme, too, is a good book. I also Read wanna, Decoding. F go ahead, Scott, please. Well, I, I was just going to say, just in your holster draw class, which is not required to get a carry permit, I think anybody who gets a carry permit and is going to carry in a holster must take, yeah. should take. Absolutely. It's like, whether it's required or not. Yep. Okay, listen, I, I've been... I've had carry permits in other places for decades, and I didn't really understand how to carry, how to actually carry, until I took my first multi-day training at a school. And I learned more in, in the first day than I had learned in my previous life. And it's not a question of knowing what to do. It's a question of doing what you know, getting it, in your fingers and in your hand mm -hmm. and getting muscle memory and you only get that by doing it and you go to a place like gun for hire or anywhere that is competent to do this and you know if you're going to carry it's an awesome responsibility and i i am a firm believer in training the more training you can take the better uh the less training you take the more you're going to you know represent you know if something goes wrong it's going to be attributed to every law-abiding gun owner and so you know you, you're not only carrying the burden for your own self but you're doing it for a million other people you don't want to be the one and you want to be the one who knows exactly what to do and how to do it in an emergency okay and it's a whole different thing when you have an adrenaline dump I'll tell you a very quick story okay I had an experience in July of 2000, walking near my home in New Jersey uh, on a July morning where I encountered an 800-pound black bear, okay, when I just turned the corner. And I wouldn't care if I had a permit. I had such an adrenaline dump. I never trained for an adrenaline, you know, how to deploy a firearm. If I had a firearm, I don't know if I could have deployed it. And that was an important, <coughs> a critical lesson for me. Your training is everything. Absolutely. And I know, Anthony, I know Masayub, you're... Oh, you know, early teacher, you know, had a class where he st intentionally stimulated an adrenaline dump. So you have the experience of, of training with that. It's critical. Yep. It is critical. It's, you know, you may be the greatest shot. You may be the best drawn fire from a holster. And then you have an adrenaline dump and it's all gone. And unless you've experienced that and trained with it and trained through it, you know, you could be a basket case. <laughs> right, and, and train yep. through it because you're, you're absolutely right, Scott, and everyone will react differently to that level of adrenaline. Um, you can have people who automatically will lose their bowels, um, mm -hmm. and it's just it's, it's, a, it's a physiological thing. These things will happen, and, and the more you train through these particular things, um, Mass used to have a course, right, where he used to uh, re require you to, to uh, donate a quart of blood and then run the course. 
Um, I, the court, when I, that was Mag eighty, I think, and they drain a quarter. Of, we had all had to donate blood, and then he has an epi. He shot you everybody with an epi pen. Then we ran a course of fire with our, our strong hand tied to our belt, and we had to run the whole course with our support hand. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is serious stuff. People are going to be carrying guns, and y- you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, it's, it, uh, you have to really, you know, you know what I mean. Big thing. I mean, that paper target doesn't turn yeah. around and shoot back at you. Uh, and and, and in, a, in an extreme situation like that, if you're faced with someone who does have a firearm, they're going to shoot back at you. And and these are yep. things that you absolutely need to know. It's not just, oh, wow, I just get to get a carry permit now and I'm going to wander around like, like a, you know, a cowboy with, with, a, with, with, a, with a firearm strapped to me. That's not the way it is. <coughs> yep. And it's not the way it, can, yep. well, it, it should be. You know... Another big fear is people leaving firearms in bathrooms. Cops yeah, do it right, sometimes. Right, and, right, right. All know, the time. That's, that's, a, that's a big one. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, buyer beware. Scott, I can't thank you enough uh, for keeping us uh, um, engaged and educated. I'm getting a new knee tomorrow on Monday. Uh, Sandy will be taping the show hopefully Friday or Saturday. Just call me Hopalong Quesadilla or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> I'll be there for you guys. I can't thank you all for your support. We've been kicking ass, so let's keep it up. Scott, thank you so much again for everything that you do. It's all very much appreciated. Thanks, Sandy. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfect hour of listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a Kinetic Media production. The music used in this broadcast <coughs> by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, author of Crime Proof, Think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. And soon, creator of the 1,999 box of shells to go. Uh, you can get your book signed at the same time that you get your 1999 special. So go visit them at the Gun for Hire one-stop shop range and gun store. And with luck, he just may sign the book for you. Well, from the Carolina foothills and New Jersey, God willing, Jesus tarries in the batteries hold out. We will see you again next week. Be safe.